Much like the Florida Panthers, George and I are spending this evening poolside, relaxing. Celebrating. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a, a bit of an interesting... There might be some weird ambient noise tonight, yep. such as that. Such as that. And random dogs barking. Our typical podcasting location was occupied, so we decided to take advantage of the nice weather and relax by the pool. Um, so yes, apologies in advance for dog barking, people shouting, doors opening, fights, fights, uh, bottles breaking, gunshots, George yelling, you know, Dude. not totally out I mean, of the ordinary. The last time I was out by my pool, I put out a fire that saved the entire <laughs> complex. So <laughs> that's true, actually. Oh yeah, I got. You should have told that story. On our previous it's not episode. a good story. No, I, it's really I was odd, sitting on my couch. I saw a fire. I grabbed my fire extinguisher. I came down. I put it out. Oh, you were up there. Oh, I thought you were, like, walking by the fire. Not you, like, you really think? sprang into action. Yeah, well, no one else was doing anything. I was like, yeah, I might as well. That is a good... It was actually my girlfriend's sister that, that saw the fire and said, That's like... A, nah, that is a pretty good she, story. She looked down and she was like, oh, someone's having a bonfire down there. <laughs> we're like, we don't have a fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so this is kind of our... Uh, uh, playoff preview episode. Our coming out party, if yes. you will. Yes, <laughs> coming outside <laughs> uh, to preview eight playoff matchups. Hopefully, Justin, if you listen, I think he'll listen to at least a minute and a half of this episode, so he'll hear this part. Uh, if we can get this out before yeah. game one, that'd be sick. Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting set of matchups. Um, a couple teams squeaked in very late. Namely, the Carolina Hurricanes. America's team. America's team. Uh, that was a pretty amazing story there, and, and watching the scenes from, from the Hurricanes, first time in a decade they've been in the postseason, and they get, honestly, not a terrible matchup against the Washington Capitals, a I think. Very winnable matchup. Yeah. Um, Washington is, like most teams, they're kind of, it depends on which portion of the season you're looking at, so... We'll get into kind of how we made these predictions in a bit, but one thing is trying to decide which team are you expecting to see in the playoffs, and that can be after the trade deadline because, you know, teams like Columbus or Vegas, I mean, they're a big made big, big changes at the trade deadline. Columbus so. sputtered, though. Columbus wasn't right. on top of it, whereas Vegas was a little bit better. Yeah, but, you know, it's – do you look at the whole season for each team? You know, do I, am I, for example, am I looking at Carolina since October, or should we look at Carolina since February? Well, you know, it's as, as you may know, Carolina has the second best uh, record since since January first. Yep. Like, is that team the same as the one on, from you know exactly. October to December twenty ninth? Yeah. So that's always a bit of a. It would be interesting to talk to the uh, the people who really do this for a living and and figure out how they kind of answer those questions about. You know, when you look, when you try to predict a playoff outcome, really, what are the inputs? Um, but we've, you know, we've toyed around a little bit, so hopefully we have something interesting to present here. So I'll just go ahead and start off. Why don't we just stick to Carolina and Washington yeah. as our first matchup? I, my dabbling has found this is actually by far the closest matchup, um, according to what I've looked at. And I have Washington winning the series. But I have the fifty point zero two percent probability, so that's oh, basically Washington exactly fifty fifty split. Man, that's crazy. So Carolina, <laughs> as we can well, we could see this on other sites, but now Natural Statric has their lovely expected goals. Uh, that's very handy and praise be. According to the, what what model they're using, I'm not sure which model they're using. It might be their own. Yeah. Um, they uh, Carolina is the highest expected goal 
uh, differential yep. for the season. 55.42% so, at 5 on 5. Yes. Uh, almost, well, about three-quarters of a percentage higher than the next highest team, which is San Jose's. So and they're actually quite a bit higher. It's kind of a Carolina and then everybody else. Yeah, because um, yeah, they're only the Sharks are only about 0.5 from, from – or 0.05, rather, from Vegas, which is 0.5 from Montreal, which is – pretty much close to St. Louis. And compared, just to stick with that metric comparatively, um, Washington is all the way down in 25th. So they have oh, an man. expected goal percentage of 47.57%. So that is a... Well, at 5 on 5. Yes. If, yeah, because five that, that power play is dynamic, which now we're in during the postseason, and are they going to call penalties? Probably not often. Yeah, uh, but, you know, maybe know. once or twice a game. But a 24 Point or 24 place swing between these two opponents in their expected goal percentage. So that's obviously not, you know, like an all encompassing metric, but it's not perfect. I think it is interesting to look at that though. And, and then I, I'm not a professional, but my approach was somewhat educated. And I have, like I said, like, I mean, it's a dead even split um, in, a, in win probabilities between these two teams. Yeah. Uh, Washington has given up the eighth most in expected goals, meanwhile only producing the 18th most expected goals, four. And so something that I I kind of filtered for, I decided to, I rather than go back to the trade deadline because that really was not as that's not enough games to really get a decent sample size. So I went back to the All Star break. Uh, so kind of the beginning of February for these teams. And since then, it appeared that uh, Washington was playing pretty solid defense. Um, I th- that, But, you know, it's Carolina's offense is, like, unbelievable nowadays. So It also looks just looking at some of the numbers. The Capitals have the second-highest PDO. We're actually tied for first, the New York Islanders. They are shooting at 10.09%. And they're getting uh, their their collective save percentage is ninety two point zero eight at five one five. Like, Brandon Holby's been carrying a lot of weight for him, and they they're one of those teams where they have the talent where they can kind of fool metrics. Like, they don't have to be getting all of the shots or all the high danger chances. Yeah, which it's very clear they are not getting either of those. That's so. funny because they're so. For example, their high danger save percentage they're like very average. They're fourteenth in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, their shooting percentage is the highest in the league, ten point zero since February first. Ten point zero nine percent shooting percentage. Yeah, that's like quite a jump from Tampa Bay as the second best team. So that is interesting because if you talk about yeah. um, kind I'd of love how to know how much of that's just a Vetchkin. Yeah, right. <laughs> from the one from the point <laughs> that he shoots at. Um, that is interesting if you think about in terms of kind of sustainability. You and I, and I think a lot of others, would not consider shooting percentage a terribly sustainable metric. It's kind of a, a tricky thing to put your eggs in that basket, similar to save percentage. Um, well, unless you're Victor Arvidsson. Right. Or, yeah. or I guess, well, Bill Carlson had 25 <coughs> goals this season. Yeah, he wasn't quite. He wasn't. He wasn't 40 goals. No, good, no, but he was, yeah. he was still. Yeah. It was literally everything that, like, I'm pretty sure I heard Dmitry Filipovich predict it last season where he was like, you know, if, if he shot at a very normal percentage, he would get anywhere between 23 and 27 yep. goals. And boom, right there in the middle. It's almost like analytics are, uh, you know, helpful. No, I don't know. <laughs> you can you can go worship at your altar. I'm going to stay on Reality <laughs> Island. <laughs> hey, Mark. Um, yeah, so uh, 
like I said, I have a very, very dead split. Do you have any, any kind of conclusions about this Washington Carolina series? I mean, that's going to be a tricky one. I think Brian Holpe is a much better goalie than, than Peter Mrazek. I don't know. I, I could really see this game or this series ending with, like, Carolina just dummying the Washington but still losing games 2-1. to one. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, because yeah. you give Ovechkin a chance that he's going to capitalize, or Kuznetsov, or T.J. Oshie, or you missed it. Oh, capitalize. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my favorite pun I've seen so far is a, a picture when when the the round was announced or finalized rather. Someone had a picture of like a bowler hat and uh, and a cane. Because it it's Caps first canes. Wow. Yeah. I don't need that. Not, not to not to. I've seen well. Someone did undermine the, I mean, I've seen the caps, pens, pens and caps. And yeah, I think that one's clever too. But uh, what do I know? So, uh, and another East matchup: Boston and Toronto. Uh, this is kind of. I think Toronto fans what should year be. Is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Toronto fans uh, probably shouldn't be too thrilled about this matchup. I can just tell you right off the bat, I've got Boston at fifty-nine point eight percent. So that's. And, I'm like I'm, you know me. I'm a big numbers guy, but it just kind of feels like Boston has their has their number at this yeah. point. Like Toronto's, they're such an interesting team. I mean, we've seen Nashville shut them out twice this year, mm-hmm. which is. But just, it wasn't that. It wasn't that close. Like Rene had some spectacular. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. Like Toronto is is one of the. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like they do all the right things. They have the players that make like create the quality chances but mm-hmm. when it doesn't work like they they're so young and just they get in their own heads and I've you know I don't I try very hard to stay out of the Toronto Twitters here because it's like a you know some sort of like beast monster thing and I try to stay away from it but I've gathered that they're not thrilled with Mike Babcock or at least a certain contingent of the fans yeah um which is interesting because I've always been somewhat envious of basically everything off ice about Toronto, but or at least in very recent years. I do. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty interested. Apparently, they're going to spend fifty million dollars on their analytics department in the next couple. Of oh, years. that's right. I forgot about that. So, if Kyle Dubas, if you're listening, I feel like if we, you're spending, yeah, if you're spending Toronto. that much money, at some point you have to get down to like people our level. <laughs> you're just going to run out of the <laughs> talented people, and then you still have like thirty million left. I mean, but Toronto has enough money, or they could literally just hire everyone and be like, hey, "That's right, true. We're no going one's home. left. We're, we're taking our ball and going home." God, it would be like, oh man, that would just be a tire fire though of like all the egos from <laughs> analytics hockey in one team in one Ooh, room, it would never or just work. hire them all to like sit. Yeah, on just, an island and not tweet anymore. <laughs> just, just, Which I would be a fan of. Yeah, I, I would. I'd consider that too, Kyle. <laughs> Call us Kyle, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I've got Boston a pretty heavy favorite here. Yeah. It, as long as everyone stays healthy, I, it's it's hard for me to. Yeah, it's hard for me not to bet for Boston. I will say though that. Tuka Rask has not looked very good. Well, he's had a really interesting year because I think he's like been up and down. Yeah, very up and down. Earlier in the year, he was like I think getting like healthy scratched or you know yeah. not Although joining the team on stuff. Boston is still third overall in yeah. save percentage at five on five with a ninety three point one one. Like they're really they've they played a good style of defense, but like Yaroslav Alok has been incredible, like out of out of absolutely nowhere. Let's and see. they're shooting quite low. They're 
26th in shooting five on five shooting percentage right now. Yeah, only a seven point three four, yeah. which you think that could regress to the mean, but I wonder. I would love to know. Well, I guess we could figure it out. Like what Marchand, what Pasternak, and what Bergeron are shooting at, and then compare it to the rest of the team. Just because I, I imagine that Marchand and Pasternak are shooting around ten percent. Yeah, it's. I mean, they've been sort of like the quintessential top-heavy team. They're, that first line there is like, it's kind of... It's the best A lot of teams game. imitate it, but, that, I mean, they just, like, that first line is unbelievable. Like, I, I love Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. I, but, dude, give me give me those three all day yeah. long. Yeah, and, I mean, Anderson's been great this year, though, so... Yeah, and you wonder maybe... Anything can happen, right? Like... Boston beat him last year, but that was also in seven games. Like it, it could, it could happen. All right. So this year, at five on five, David Pasternak is shooting at thirteen point six one percent. Brad Marchand is shooting at eleven point six nine percent, and then Patrice Bergeron is shooting at a meager eleven point oh two percent. Not picking up the slack. Yeah, it looks like all of their top, all of their defense and bottom like six are just shooting in at like two or three percent. Yeah, like Ryan Donato shot at like four. Uh, Noel Akari shot at six. Like it, it's just not. They were getting unlucky, but they also weren't doing that great of a job. So, Pasternak's shooting percentage. Thirteen point six one is definitely it's the second highest in his career over the course of the season. Yeah, I'd say that that's, that's a little higher than I would expect to sustain. You know, at this but point in the year, though, it's like, is it going to really come crashing down at this point? When you look at his quality of teammate and you look at his just natural shooting talent, yeah. like, he can get away. I think shooting at, yeah, what's he at, 13? 13.6. Yeah, that's a little high, but for him to come down one or two percentage points, I don't think would be that big of a... Yeah. That's it wouldn't fair. be that bad. Oh, that's going to be a fun series. I'm going to watch every game of that series yeah, just because. There's a lot of these that, like, especially the East one, the Eastern matchups that are just like, I mean, you've got Columbus that's just going all in, like, With, like against I, I, the best team in history. <laughs> I really, I hope they, they take it to six. Like, I yeah. really hope they can at least yeah. win two games. Yeah, but I've got Boston. I assume you've got Boston as well. Yeah, I've got Boston. Yeah. I would I would love to be wrong. I would love to see like Austin Matthews just go crazy, but I mean they have that's, Toronto has like as much scoring talent as you could ever hope for on a team. They have they have some really terrible defense, but yeah. They have enough offensive power to, to right. score their way out of it. Yeah. They're like the Sharks, but more heavy on offense, which is sort of not roster-wise, but Tampa's in that boat too. Tampa will go down two or three goals early on and then just decide to come back whenever they want to. I have never watched a team like that before. It's just, it's insane. It's like a yo-yo. It's, a, it's like, you can kind of like, see it coming, but it still surprises you every time. They score at will. It, yeah. it, like, it just feels like, all right, we gave them two goals. Time to, time to actually, <laughs> yeah. time to try. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so I didn't even, what was your final for Washington, Carolina? Do you have a, a pick? I'm going to go chaos here and say Carolina. They're going to harness the power of the American public and will their way. I mean, like I said, I basically have them at 50-50. I think think Washington has swept the season series with Carolina, but supposedly Carolina plays them really well. It's been very close every time. So Uh, since I'm, like, numerically down the middle, yeah, I'm just going to say Carolina as well. Carolina's a younger team, has a little bit more legs. I, I... 
I also that defense isn't is awesome. Yeah, that defense has been playing. No, they're really legit. Well. They're legit. It's they've they've been kind of you know like the the late season dar- darling of the league, but yeah. they're I mean they're <laughs> they've been the darling of the analytics for right exactly much yeah. more than just dec- late season. the whole decade <laughs> yeah. that they've missed the playoffs. <laughs> Everyone's been talking about how they're still good. All right, so we both got Carolina, both got Washington. I assume uh, then we both have Tampa Bay. <laughs> I've got them at a... I really don't want to because I would... Well, here's the thing. I want Tampa Bay to win it all because I just think it'd be cool. Yeah. Like, just to have a team that's just so far and ahead better than everyone yeah. else. But at the same time, it would be really kind of hockey for them to go out in the first round. That's... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I in have... In keeping with the 1995 Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I have Tampa at a sixty-six point six percent, which is not uh, not even the second, not even the third <laughs> biggest favorite of these that I came up with. Um, like you think about it, what happens if Bobrovsky just like wakes up and was like, "Yeah, I'm not yeah, playing the goal." And like, right. well, that's the thing is like, like I said, when you talk about kind of where you define the cutoff, like where, how do you define the teams that are entering the playoffs? Columbus is like. I mean, they got three very serious acquisitions at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, they had they were kind of sluggish, but now they're like extremely hot. Um, I mean, they just I watched let's see I watched back to back Columbus games. I watched them play Nashville in the game I forget who they played right before Nashville, and they both games they just like eviscerated their opponent. So I think I mean Columbus has maybe the potential, but. I mean, what do you say about Tampa? Like, greatest team we've seen perhaps ever. Yeah, it's the greatest team in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, There's just, I think they're too deep. Like, I think if you separate Duchesne and Panarin, that's two good lines. And that can go against the Kucherov line, and then that can go against the Stamkos line. But then you also have, like, that really good bottom six from, from Tampa. And you just don't have that. You just don't have the quality. I mean, you could probably, you could separate Seth Jones and separate Zach Wrensky, but I'm not sure that that would be good enough. I've also, I've heard good things about David Savard too, but he's not necessarily a great defensive player. A lot of his game is good in transition and good in the offensive zone. Yeah. I mean, if you're like me, so what I always say is I like to watch good hockey get rewarded and bad hockey get punished. I mean, that's just like, what, that's how I decide. Yeah. You basically who I'm cheering for. And so in that case, I, I, want Tampa to win basically the cup because I mean they've just they've done they've made very few mistakes this year they've made very few mistakes in the past few years with personnel and coaching and I mean they've just done everything right and they're getting rewarded for it uh, 120 I mean it's yeah they tied, points. they tied Kucherov <laughs> for the points race which is the it's just hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, like oh, yeah. we we're all joking about who would win that race and then of course they tie <laughs> Yeah, so... Uh, it's not even like they went cold. Like, either of them went cold. They just kept yeah. winning and kept scoring. It does. It's you got to feel somewhat for Columbus, though. Like, they've decided, okay, well, we're losing this group after this year, so we're going to go all in. And then they finally scrape by and get in, and then they play the best team ever <laughs> in history. So, I just don't see... Yeah, like you said, they might they might be able to, to, work, to work the combinations and ride Bobrovsky to two wins two or three wins yeah, maybe I just but can't see Bobrovsky doing that much and like heaven forbid they give up a, like they take a penalty yeah because oh that, my that, god that <laughs> Tampa's power play is just it feels like a guarantee yeah like if you take if you take two because I mean they have the best power play in the entire league this year yeah and the best penalty kill 
it's yeah. It's they're nuts. not fair. They're they're using cheat codes. Yeah, if you if you take two penalties, you have to assume they're going to score a goal on, on <laughs> like on one of them. It's it's just brutal. Yeah. So again, we're in agreement. We should you know we should probably disagree on one of these. We can disagree on the next one. The the final east yeah we probably will disagree on the, the okay. next the last eastern matchup. Oh, is it, which one is it? New York Islanders and Pittsburgh Penguins. I've got the Islanders, 52.6%. I got the Penguins. Yeah, okay, I forget. Yeah, I mean, I, I just never bet against Sidney Crosby. Like, Yeah, so one thing that this model is very heavy on, uh, well, it's not very heavy, but one of the factors is definitely goaltending and, and goaltending against quality chances. And the Islanders have currently the best 5-on-5 save percentage in the league. Mm. It's also been dropping, though, for like yeah. the last month and a half. So that looks good Like when you put it into the model. Now, whether that's sustainable or not, you could argue, because doing anything like save percentage or shooting percentage or whatever, like the best in the league, is always a bit tricky because yeah. you never really know when you're going to start coming back to earth. Um, and obviously you talk about a team that's hashtag been there before. <laughs> Pittsburgh is like that team, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's... I you know, it's a lot of relying on Leonard or on uh, and goaltending and uh, yeah, um, I just Barzal, but I don't because like who's gonna score? Because they kind of loaded up that top line. Yeah, and Barzal had a down year, which I kind of predicted. You know, not not a lot of people wanted to talk about it last year, but he was kind of receiving a lot of shelter, just because teams would game plan for Tavares and then yeah, you know who's there to pick up yeah to pick up the scraps, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think that – I think Barzell's a really great player. I don't know if he's enough to, to get – to will them to a playoff like series win. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe they, they might slow everything down. But this is a team – the Penguins are a team that have played for, against a lot of very slow teams. I mean, they beat the Ottawa Senators uh, in 2016-2017 in the finals. They beat the Predators – in the finals, uh, 2016-2017, that was a team that liked to slow everything down. Um, I mean, they beat... Uh, yeah, and if, if they're going to go up against another team that likes to keep things slow and keep things out of their defensive zone, I I think Mike Sullivan will find a way around it. So the New York Islanders, this doesn't look... Well, it's all right, I guess. They're exactly average in expected goal four percentage. Are they, are they 50%? 50.03%. 15th in the league. They are expected to produce exactly as 2.24 goals for and against per 60. Uh, they allow more scoring chances than they produce, but they produce more goals from those scoring chances than they allow. So, interesting team, the Islanders. And I, I'll admit I have not paid a whole lot of attention to the New York Islanders ever. Um, certainly not this year. Why, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> So and and of course you, I mean like I said if you're if you put any weight on experience and kind of uh, culture I guess then yeah. then yeah Pittsburgh is like the team that you would go with. And can you, like I let's say that they they separate their talent and they go from they have a line with Crosby they have a line with Malkin and they have a line with Kessel. Do you think that the Islanders could survive like that wave? Because you could play, no, you I mean, could play you, those two guys uh, 20 minutes a night and not even yeah. have a fourth line. You would just, I mean, in that case, then you're relying almost entirely on goaltending, and that's that's why you that's play seven-game seven series is because that gets rid of that kind of thing. That's like, a dangerous game to play. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a tough one. 
I mean, it could happen. Goaltenders have gone crazy like that. Right. But I don't <clears throat> I don't necessarily know if I would trust that. So, okay. I'll, well, I'll leave it with Islanders. I had it very close. Yeah. Um, and I'm still tweaking, I should say, but I just started this this morning. I should really. I was like, oh, I don't have the time to do this. And I was like, what was I doing all year? I could have been working on it. <laughs> But A- that's uh, Apex. See yeah, thieves. right. <laughs> that's life. Yeah. All right, so that's the East. So we disagree on uh, Pittsburgh and, and yeah. New York Islanders. Okay. I'll, I look forward to being right about this. Yeah, and you and I, I look forward to being wrong as usual. Okay, uh, the West. We've got. Uh, well, we shouldn't start with Nashville, so we'll start with St. Louis and Winnipeg. I have St. Louis as a very heavy favorite here. 77% favorite, in fact. Really? Is, yes. that, is that your most favorite? Oh, oh yeah. By yeah, far, I yeah. Can imagine. By far. Um, God bless. St. Louis has been unbelievable. Over, and, again, my I started looking in this, at the beginning of February. That's when my cutoff was. and So, like, that's avoiding all of St. Louis's atrocious party <laughs> yeah. this year. Like, the whole first half of St. Louis, they were dead last in, the, in points in December or something. Yeah. And now they're, you know, they very easily could have won the Central Division. Meanwhile, Winnipeg, not nearly as dramatically, but it's kind of trended in the opposite way where past couple months have been really nothing to write home about for, for Winnipeg. Um, I actually don't think that Winnipeg would be, on paper, such a terrible matchup for Nashville if it came to that, mm-hmm. uh, yep. except that we've seen Winnipeg just decimate them, so who knows. But, yeah, um, I'm going to guess that you're picking St. Louis as well. Yeah, it's it's really hard to pick against them. I mean, they just look so good. and. Yeah. Their numbers, are, I mean, their numbers have been dominant all year, but now that they can actually get a save, yeah, like, it's. I we'll see what happens mm-hmm. with Jordan Binnington. I mean, you know, midnight's going to strike eventually, and is it going to happen around one? Is it going to happen <laughs> around two? Or is it going to happen sometime during the summer? Yeah. Yeah, this is. I mean, that's a very goaltending heavy one. Hellebuck, I think, has been kind of cooled off this year. Is that right? Yeah, he's been. He hasn't been as good. I mean, he's had games where he's looked. Dy- like dynamic, but yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to be like. I wouldn't count on him to win in, like more than one game in a series. Yeah. Although the Jets have the eighth best save percentage at five on five with a ninety two point three two. Like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a, that's. I mean, that's the funny thing. Saying that he's having a down year, but you know, still seventh best five on five save percentage well, in the league. They had they got uh, Lauren Brassois who was their backup, and he started a bunch of games like November, December, mm-hmm. January, and he was on fire for a bit there. Well, with a name like that, that's a great goalie name. That is a great goalie that, name. Like, there's really not another position that that guy should be playing. Lauren Brassois. He was a Oilers prospect for a long time. Yeah, that's they, they what thought I thought he was going to be the next big thing. Because he played against Nashville. I remember, it, I think, uh, yeah, I think he got put out there like halfway through a game or something, and I, yeah, he didn't look great, mm-hmm. but... This year, in all situations, Carnell Hellbuck has a nine one three, which not great. That's sub, you not know, it's terrible. somewhat reliable. It's predictable, at least. You know, it's like it's it is above average. If the Sharks were getting that goaltending, oh. <laughs> President's true. If the Sharks were getting that goaltending, it would, we would be talking about Vegas, or we would be talking about Tampa Bay and San Jose <laughs> in the same breath. Which, I, if they were, if someone mentioned. If they were that good, and we talked about them up with Tampa Bay, I'm not sure I would trust it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, oh, I've been lied to before. Right, I've seen this movie. <laughs> Where do the sharks sit? 
And the Sharks hit 31st in oh. combined save percentage. I know it's bad, but every time I look at something that reminds me how bad it is, it just blows my mind. It's Worst just, save percentage in the league. It's just it's not even a 90. Yeah. My God. Yeah, so I don't know, St. Louis and six. St. Louis and five. I give them I give them six. I think I don't know, dude. Some of those some of Winnipeg's big players, like everyone's talked about the decline in line A, but like Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler, unless they're on the power play, they have been not good for a couple months now. I don't really see them taking I don't see them lifting Winnipeg past a good team. Like if they were playing Colorado or Dallas I could see him escaping the first round, but I don't know. This is one, though, that I I have to try to look at it objectively because I feel like I've seen St. Louis several times be supposedly a very competitive team in the playoffs. And yeah. then they, it's like they, if they have trouble scoring, it just kind of dissolves. And maybe that's still somewhere in the DNA. Their coaching is obviously much different than it's been in, in recent years. Yeah. And their players, besides like Vladimir Tarasenko and Petrangelo, like, there's not really a lot there. Yeah. Uh, still think the Preds should have gotten Pareko. Yeah. Oh, that would have been something. So, uh, but yeah, objectively speaking, St. Louis. They're just such a better team. Yeah. That's, I mean, how funny would that be, though, if, like, all year, if everyone talking about Big Bad Winnipeg, um, but then St. Louis, interplayer three, as you might say. How funny would it be, though, if Winnipeg in four? Oh, and that's what I mean. Like, That'd be, when you talk about... And they could do it. Yeah. They have the talent. Right. It's it's funny that this is appearing to be such a lopsided matchup because we know, like, somewhere in that Winnipeg team is a <laughs> dominant performance coming out, like, waiting to be... Like, happen, all all so. it takes is Patrick Liney to be like, oh, I'm going to shoot 18% today. Yeah. Like, for the next two weeks, and then, boom, like, they're, they're in. Yeah. That would be, that'd be something tight. I'd love that. Yeah, so, but it's funny because... You know, I think a lot of national fans are happy thinking, like, oh, this is going to be an absolute battle and, like, probably go to seven and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I mean, if you look at how they've, both teams have been performing recently, seven games does not look likely. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's silly season, so. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Calgary, I also have as a very clear favorite, uh, 68.8% over Colorado, which I think is not unique to me. I think a lot of people would probably mm. have them as a strong favorite, although... Certain, uh, certain respecter of certain, stats. Certain respecter of snacks uh, has picked, even in spite of the numbers, has picked yeah. uh, Colorado as his upset pick. Which I don't really... Unless, like, Nathan McKinnon gets hot, which could happen, but do you trust Varlamov or Philip Grubauer to be good? No. It, that's the, the tricky thing with... And that's what, like, it's so funny to me that what usually uh. separates like a really like division conference leading playoff team from a fringe wild card playoff team is usually that one dimensional nature. Yeah. So like a team like Colorado, they're just so reliant on that line and it's I mean, no matter what, how good that line is, it's so tricky to trust that. Yeah. They've been trending upwards in the last month, but even then I'm yeah. I I mean if the, it all comes down, like the Pacific Division has three dominant teams that can't buy a save. Yeah. Like, David Rich has been good, but he's a 28-year-old career HLer that somehow became good, like, all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, we'll we'll see when that magic dries up. Uh, but, yeah, dude, that you have the you have the top line with Goudreau and Monaghan and uh, Elias Lindholm, and they're great. Yeah. Then you have the 3M line on, on the second that's, like, I mean, Matt Kachuk had 
I think like 75 points as a second liner. Yeah. It's nuts. And they've got Norris winner, hopefully. Oh, hopefully. Giordano. <laughs> it'd, it'd, be, it'd be funny if it'd be sad if he got, like, if they left him off the ballot entirely. Yeah. It won't happen, but it'd be, I'd, I'd laugh. Nearly ended a uh, certain Conor McDavid's career <laughs> with Alberta. That would have perhaps, you know, put him on uh, witness protection. Yeah, Edmonton would have, yeah. Edmonton would have rioted. Yeah. Yeah, supposedly the McDavid injury is not, showing not signs deal. of not being a big deal, which blows my mind. I was yeah. like, I was either that's a bone break or an ACL break or ACL yeah. tear. Supposedly it's neither. Yeah, I know. Thank goodness for that. Uh, so, yes, Calgary is my pick there. Yeah, the defense, of course, also pretty pretty good, though, outside of Jordan. Like, yeah. TJ Brody, uh, Noah Hannafin. Like, there's some good players in there. Uh, Vegas I have is a pretty strong favorite as well over the, the Sharks, almost certainly due to a certain San Jose Sharks goaltending uh, goaltender, I might as well just say. Okay. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Dell has yeah, also been right. under nine. But I, I, well, I doubt we'll see Aaron Dell start many games. Yeah. We might see you, him you finish a few. <laughs> like it's going to be the point where I'm just kind of like, maybe we should just go there with with six skaters and just have Burns <gasps> and Carlson and Vlasic all alternate. Just at the, I mean, at the point they're at. I guess they're winning games, or they were for a while. So like maybe they, they don't well, think it's. They had a. You also in the last ten games or so they had a. They went on a little bit of a cold streak, but they were also missing Eric Carlson, yeah, Lone Couture. Uh, they were missing uh, Joe Pavelski, and they were missing a bunch of other players. But like those are, those are not small pieces that they're right. missing. No, and certainly not. Now they're all healthy. Well, they're as healthy as they. They're healthy enough to play. Which. Well, the thing yeah. of I mean, if I'm San Jose though, like. If you look at the these free websites that we use, mm-hmm. and you realize that your team is the dead last, like worst team in the league in goaltending, like why don't you just why don't you try your easy like your I don't know well, so ultra minor league goals like just try it I don't get they, it they have Antoine Bibo in the uh, in the uh, in the AHL and he's the starter and I think he has like a nine oh two in the AHL, which is like, oh, it's not great. But they have this other guy, something Kroner, Kronar, he has like a 917 in, in the AHL in like 35 games. Yeah. It's not great, but like it's, it's not a great sample size, but it's pretty good. If he can post a, like, a nine, above a 900. <laughs> 902 will fucking yeah, take it. exactly. It's a step forward. Um, I know exactly how this series is going to go. The Sharks are going to have four or five dominant shifts where the puck's in Vegas' zone, and all of a sudden Mark Stone's going to yep. bring up the ice, yep. take a slap shot from <laughs> heaven knows where, and Martin right. Jones is going to whip is going to whiff it like hard. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, you never really know about uh, Flurry. He hasn't played too much recently. Um, Injury and kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, it's you, you kind of nailed it there with – We've all seen performances like that where you just dominate and then sneak one by the other way. Like the Sharks are going to either are going to lose these games or they're going to win five to four. Yeah, like they're going to have to outscore. Those are my favorites. Problems. Those are my favorites too. Oh, yeah. As a neutral fan, those are like that's the best. Yeah, well, I don't think that they're going to win many games five four. I think they're going to lose a lot of games yeah. like six to three. <laughs> but hey, whatever. Yeah. You know, just another year down the drain. <laughs> it's it's not upsetting. Two of the best defensemen of our generation. Oh, great. <laughs> Greatest passer of all time. Oh, poor Joe. He doesn't deserve this. Uh, last but not least, uh, almost afraid to say that I do have Dallas as a 
pretty considerable favorite over the Nashville Predators. <sighs> Alright, well, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna try to keep things interesting. Okay. How many times do you think Pecorine is gonna get pulled in this series? In this series? If they're if they play seven games. If they play seven games, yeah, I think Rene gets pulled twice. Do you think they ever switch over to UC Saros? Like like actually start him. If you're going into game seven, yeah, and okay, at if this you're going point, into game seven, do you do you start UC Saros? At this point, knowing what we know about the how Rene performs in the playoffs. I'm not trying to disparage Pekka Rene. He's a great guy. I great rarely goalie. I rarely put blame on him. But as you know, we've had two years basically of we'll just try to let him dig out of this, <laughs> and he has not dug him out, dug his way out of it. So I would like to think at this point, if you're going into Game Seven and you just lost Game Six, six to one, and you had to pull Arena, I like to think that Saros finally gets the start in a Game Seven series or a Game Seven situation, rather. Is that where you're going with this, or do you th- are you I, suggesting that they stay the same? I'm just I think they stay the same. Think that they just stick with Arena. I mean, has Pierre Laviolette ever changed up his game plan ever? <sighs> not not over a long term. Any he makes minor adjustments. He makes line adjustments. Yeah, exactly. But and even those, he'll he'll back out of immediately. Yeah. I I would just I I think that like if you're a professional and you have you've had two years of like high stakes win or go home mm-hmm. moments and you've put your trust in this guy to to right the ship and he hasn't I surely you don't give him the third chance but who knows but Pecorino had a 930 yeah. percentage that one time yeah well in Dallas is interesting too because they've got Ben Bishop and then is Anton Kudobin is yeah Anton, Anton Kudobin yeah. yeah you got it yeah because Kudobin's played Nashville like he's had their number all year Every time they've played, I, I feel like Kudovin's gotten the majority of the starts against Nashville, and it's because he's earned them. And he just like he's just one of those that you just kind of your jaws on the floor. He makes so many amazing saves. So I mean, Dallas may have interesting goaltending decisions if it's Saros versus Kudovin. Who knows? Wouldn't it be hilarious if on the first game they start Kudovin just like yeah, see what happens? I wouldn't be. I really wouldn't would be shocked. It they, would just be so. It'd be such a middle finger just to the other side, just to the yeah. Yeah, we're gonna start a I mean, He's playing so do? well against Nashville. Like, I wouldn't blame them. How do you think the Predators are gonna be able to handle that side or that uh, that Predator or the Stars set, like top six? Because they separated Sagan and Radulov. <coughs> and you can say what you will about Jamie Ben. I think he's still good. He's yeah. not the play driver he once was, but I think they'll probably they'll probably just try to match one to one. They'll they'll put Johansson and Sagan out together. I think it's a mistake to go Benino. I think that third line exactly. To, to match, I think they're they're going to match Benino and Sissons and and Watson with Radulov, and I, I th- think that's going to go very poorly. If they put if that does happen, I would move. If I was the Stars coach, I would move Ben to, I would move Ben to uh, to Radulov. Yeah, because because if you're Alexander Radulov, you got to be going over there. Thank you, like yeah, yeah right. thank you for this. And that's I think one difference between this year's Nashville team and maybe in previous years is I think previously they've had kind of the third and fourth lines as serviceable shutdown lines. And now really, I think it's only the third line that they're even trusting with that role. So the fourth line is kind of that third line's just been not. Oh, I know. And I'm not believing I'm not, I'm not defending their choice. I'm just saying like, they're not using the fourth line in that shutdown role in the last, the Chicago game, Boyle's line was out for five and a half minutes. 
Like they're back to Cody McLeod numbers. But speaking of, we'll probably see him at oh some point. <laughs> He'll go fight Ben. <laughs> so. it'd, be, it'd be a little funny if it, like, if if he fights, if Cody McLeod fights Jamie Ben. I will actively on Twitter say Cody McLeod is a, you know, this is good. Cody McLeod, <laughs> Cody McLeod did a good thing. Yeah, right. Anytime he fights someone's good. Yeah. Take someone else off the ice. But I, that's an interesting, I mean, that's a valid point that you bring up, though, is how they, how they work the lines. And again, I think that they will just by nature go top lines against each other. And I think that, like you said, they, they're going to trust that Benino line as the second, as the other shutdown line. And I don't think that's the right call, but. Yeah, I mean, I, why? When have we ever seen a a reason to believe otherwise? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how that second line is going to do. Like, I think that this iteration of the second line is the best one we've seen so far. Yeah, and only comparable is the few games we saw of Craig Smith, Kyle Turris, and Kevin Fiala. Yeah, but they kind of. I mean, they have all the and and when they're like in the past few games, when they're clicking, it's amazing. Like the yeah. passing is so good, but I don't think that they'll. I don't think Lavi Love will ever give them a defensive role. No. I mean, they like it's kind of they're in the Johansson line are frequently like plus above seventy five percent offensive zone starts, which uh, at least the Johansson line's facing top top lines because I think that they can. Johansson is a good enough defensive center to, to take on other teams' top lines. Yeah, but. I think that's fair. Yeah, and um, then I mean the the reasons to be optimistic for Nashville. I think the second line is just trending up mm-hmm. every day. Um, I think that the, this iteration of the third pairing is the best option right oh, now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. You know, Dante Fabro's best games have come against very bad yeah, teams. And that's fair. Especially the, the the Blackhawks are not a good offensive or defensive team right yeah. there. Like, no, not at all. He's gotten like visibly better with each yeah. game, but like you point out, it's very tricky when, to, to really – judge him objectively against Chicago and, and Vancouver. I mean, yeah, I, I like him. I do like him better than Vienna Weber. That's the thing. Yeah. It's Ian like Erwin, but. even, I think that if Fabro has in game one or two is, is kind of noticeably bad. I think they will go back to Weber, but even uh, like him, Hemi's Weber's fine. I even think, I don't, I really, you guys are much higher on Weber than I am. I it's am. just because he has like, uh, occasional upside and I don't I mean if if you're comparing him to a an NCAA player with like four NHL games under his belt you know yeah. Yeah, Faber's been good I mean I'm not I'm not trying to take away from him but I'm thinking you know and you know especially the first like the first round of a, of a postseason that you're kind of hoping to go deep in if you're like gambling on an NCAA player you're probably not going to do that very long yeah. if it I mean, doesn't pay he's, off he's not Charlie McAvoy and yeah. I hate to say it because I do like Dante Fabro. But yeah, I, I we'll see what happens. But I I think it's safe to say that Matt Irwin is gone, which is fine. Yeah. Like he won't be in this playoff roster, yeah. which I'm, and then finally I think for as like uh, again things that I don't necessarily like saying out loud, like as much of a liability as the OC and Ellis have been mm-hmm. recently, Suvan and Ekholm have been out of this world. And I, I mean, are you saying you don't like saying that Subban and Ekholm? I don't like saying thing. that Yossi and Ellis are. I mean, typically how it goes is Yossi and Ellis allow too far too much yeah. defensively, but then they have like Yossi's puck movement, his transition game, yeah. his quality generation. Like he makes up for it, mm-hmm. um, which is not necessarily the way that you want to play defense, but, but it were. I mean, it's, he's like Yossi's a. I think he's a positive player to have in your defensive group for sure. I agree. Captain cross checks. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for bringing that to everyone's attention. Yeah. It's funny. It was the I think it was was it Scheifler or Weber? I think it was Scheifler uh, or Wheeler. I mean, it was Scheifler. Yeah, who brought up that that you know, so he just constantly cross checks everybody, and he he does. You just have to watch for it. Um, but Suvin and Elkholm, like I think they've been good all year, despite a lot of people being very negative about it, but or at least about one of them. Um, I wonder which one that is. Yeah, me too. Uh, who knows? Um, but yeah. I don't know. Subban's like... It's also really funny, though, how when Subban starts scoring more, everyone's like, oh, he's good again. Like, right. He's been this good. He just has... He made... Again, I mean, again, it's Chicago. But offensively, Chicago is actually well, quite good. So this is... I feel validated saying this. But he... Two or three times within five minutes, Subban made, like, very low-key defensive plays. Like, you wouldn't necessarily notice them. Mm-hmm. Where he, it was basically him all alone against at least one, sometimes two Chicago players, and he just completely extinguished the threat like yeah. by himself without even he's, trying. He's just so good. His positioning is excellent, and yeah, like you said, his offensive game has picked up, so people are starting to notice. But like defensively, I think I think the the respecter of stats has pointed out that he's. Like that Subban Ekholm line is top five or top six, I think, in, I in think Corsi against. I think, yeah, they're that. They're like they're also top three in in like uh, opposition played too. Yeah, he has, oh, yeah, he has his own metric for it, so I, you'd have to ask him. But their quality of, of competition is unbelievable. It's uh, we've all heard that quality competition is not great. Right, you know I mean, it's, it, it it tells a story. It's context. I don't think that you should base like huge yeah. decisions on it, but it definitely is context. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> He still had he had thirty one points in sixty three games. That's that's on pace for a forty point season. Yeah. That's that's still From really good. Yeah, it's like it's not the fifty nine point season he had last year. But yeah. what are you gonna do? No. So I think, like I said, this the second line. I mean, first line is rarely have anything bad to say about them. Second line has been getting better recently, um, and I think your your second and third defensive pairings are the best they've been all year. So there are definitely reasons for for optimism from Nashville, but I think it's I'm like I'm among the people that are kind of celebrating this matchup compared to what it could have been, but I think Dallas is is might be kind of a sneaky uh, challenge for them. Yeah, and like you said, I think it comes down to mat- basically line matching, um, and then obviously goaltending as always in in, as, as in, all. in playoff season. Like here's the thing: all the Tampa Bay could be on four games if Vasilevsky just oh like, yeah it's, just lays yeah. lays an egg in that. As we all know, the Stanley Cup was awarded to the team with the best playoff goaltending. Yeah, it's how it goes. Yeah. So I apologize for the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts so good. <laughs> the pain is how I know that I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is gonna. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yes, you are listening to Between the Fangs podcast, the analytics predators-focused production of Penalty Box Radio. Did you do that on purpose? Did you actively wait till the end? I never I never do it. So what I I didn't like when we would introduce the show at the beginning, like first thing. I yeah. never really liked that. It felt very robotic. Yeah, I, do, I agree. So I just started with other stuff, like random stuff, and then I've gotten to the point where I would just genuinely forget. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't necessarily do it intentionally. It'll cross my mind. But then I'm like, we're in the middle of a conversation. It yeah. feels strange to then break it up. I mean, that's what a uh, podcast should be, right? A little bit of personal conversation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to call it. Yeah, so um, I, what, what's your final uh, prediction for this Nashville series, I guess I should ask? Uh, I, got, I think I got stars in seven. Stars in seven? 
Yeah, I know that's kind of a, that's kind of a bitch way out. Like, oh man, there's uh, there's so many variables. You know, there's so many yeah. obviously like so many different ways this could go down. I can see the Stars winning it in six. Yeah. I think as I. I actually posted this on Twitter and then deleted it because I realized I made a mistake in the caption. And then I never got around to reposting it. But when you look at, like, comparing the team's kind of quality production, expected goal production, save percentage, whatever, to me it suggests that the first game is, like, immensely important because I think the second you give Dallas that idea in their head that they can, you know, pull the upset, they're, like, they have the quality and to to give Nashville a really hard time. Yes, there's there's the strategy at all right like it doesn't matter if we lose the two if we don't if we lose the games that are away like that's right that's you, true you just win at home if and you win at home you're not in trouble if you and that's why if the Predators win the first two games the Dallas Stars can at least be like well we're gonna go home and even this series yeah up. but if Dallas takes game one like game one right. especially yeah then it's a whole nother ordeal I might just I might even kind of wimp out even worse than you saying Stars in seven I'm gonna say the winner of game one wins the series <laughs> that's <laughs> You heard it here first. Fair enough, man. Actually, I think there's probably some psychology to that. Yeah, playing from behind and all that. I just think it it matters certain in certain matchups more. Like it, I think it always matters if the quote unquote worst team, if like the lower seeded team, gets the first win yeah. on the road. I mean, I think that's huge. Um, so, yeah, I'll just I'll leave it at that. Winner of game one wins the series for Nashville and Dallas. Fair enough. Where can we find you, George? Online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com. Uh, my Username is at GeorgeM1019. Uh, I'll be commenting or tweeting a lot because of uh, because of stuff. I'll also be writing a lot of articles because playoffs. Yep. Yeah, we're both. You had an article out today. I yeah. think I'll have one out tomorrow. You have the, uh, the the playoff preview. Yes. I have an article ranking or talking about, I guess, grading how well each yeah. uh, trade deadline acquisition has been. And I think the best grade I gave was like a C for, for uh, Mikhail Granlund because I just was like oh he's been kind of average but he's been getting better but yeah. he's been kind of average yeah it's not his fault but i mean yeah. that's that's fair it's not his fault yeah no no it's, it's not it's yeah. not i mean he was playing with nick benito for like his first two weeks as yeah. a natural brother if you've never swam before and i threw you in the ocean with a <laughs> kickboard like would you know how to get back to shore like and if nick benito was tied to my leg <laughs> probably not <laughs> Uh, as for me, you can also find me on Twitter at WadeM117. WadeM. <clears throat> on penaltyboxradio.com, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. Yeah, I think that, uh, <laughs> that's the only place you can find me. Hopefully, so. we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have our next podcast will be after the first round. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the goal. That's Thanks, the everybody. Goal. Bye. Come on,